Jim Collison, we're live from Infotech 2016 here in Omaha, Nebraska. Last of about eight interviews. If you haven't caught any of them, you want to head over to the Silicon Prairie News live page. Super easy to remember, siliconprairienews.com slash live. Paul, I wish they would have gotten spn.com. That would have been a great I, domain name. I think name. All, the, all three letter domains Some were gone. person in Thailand got that By right God. away. Yeah, and, in like 1976. Yeah. He knew that. there was going to be an internet. So for sure. Yeah. Paul, welcome. Paul Oliver, great, great to have you. You're back. We've interviewed yeah. you before. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for I came back. back because you're... It's such a great interview. It, the oh, process well, is good. You. Yeah, you should get a late night show in Omaha here soon. Maybe someday. Yeah. You never know. Maybe I can replace <laughs> Becca. On, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Let, I like Becca too. Hopefully he's, that he's, won't make it out. <laughs> he's he can he can say a lot of words. Yeah. So. so for folks who don't know you, and so can I, by the way, for folks who don't know you, why don't you tell us a lot of words about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? Sure. Some of those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so I, my name is Paul Oliver. I am the uh, principal architect at Mosaic. Mosaic, if you've never heard of it, it's okay because I hadn't heard of it a month ago either. We just came out with that name. Uh, the marketing team has helped us with this. But what Mosaic is is a, uh, a rebranding of a company called Studio Code. And long story short, Huddle and Nelnet had a baby called Mosaic. And Mosaic wow. is for doctors and nurses in the education space. And um, Huddle's video technology, we have that. And we can apply it now in education. So um, an example might be um, that nursing student, you want to make sure she's learning and she's following the right processes. And, and you want to make sure that uh, that she's interacting with the, the, the patient the right way. We'll film the student in the, in the simulation, make sure she's looking at the right um, symptoms of the, of the patient. And you got a 45 minute video and you don't want to watch the whole 45 minute video and review. So we can tag that video and then take you right to those teaching moments so the teacher can make that impact right away yeah. um, within minutes after the simulation's over. That's great. When we think of Huddle's uh, ability in sports to be able to go in and get the right swing or to get the right yeah. kick or some of those kinds of things, great that we can now take that. And I'm not saying sports isn't important, but sports are important. Healthcare is really important, exactly. right? And I, and I think... When we think about the coaching moments that happen with a nurse or even with a doctor or kind of going into some of those procedures, yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool. So how's that actually going so far? You're in on the ground floor, very ground bottom, floor. right? A lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. What's it like working with the huddle team and, and how's that coming together? It's, it's incredible. First off, we already have 3,200 customers. And so wow. Huddle bought this company in Australia. And so we have... Kaiser Permanente, we have Stanford Medical School, we have Mayo Clinic. They're all using the fat client on the Mac already, okay. but they want the cloud. They want to be able to share their videos. They want to be able to have it shared across the network. So it's great. We already have a customer base that we can go out in the field and talk to them and say, hey, what do you like? What don't you like? Um, and so that's incredible. We also have uh, full backing from Huddle and Nelnet. So we have uh, a marketing, we have a marketing team already. Even though we're a startup, we have a full marketing team. Um, Huddles. Uh, Can you really call it a startup, Paul? Come on, <laughs> it's cheating, <laughs> when two right? Companies like Nelnet and Huddle get together. Is it really a it's, startup? It's, I'm just giving you a hard time. That's a good point, and it, you know, but it is. It just goes to show that if you're in a big organization, you can still foster a startup culture. You can take a team and support it and incubate it. And they still have that startup mentality. It's good stuff. Yeah, so. we, you know, we, uh, you know, um, in, in an entrepreneurial setting, right? I mean, you're still, it still acts and looks like 
a startup, a small company, get things going. You have the safety and the backing of two pretty solid companies. Yes. Yeah. That and that's point. that's fun. And I, you know, I'm I know there are a lot of companies out there that are doing sort of making a startup feel on their other teams to foster that innovation. Yeah. Which I think is essential to to really get true innovation. You need to give a startup type feel to these teams. Well, the startup idea kind of keeps companies from settling in and getting complacent, right? That's all that really is. And intrapreneur, as we've called them sometimes, refers that person inside an organization that can turn things on a dime. I think of the work, you know, the podcasting, you were joking with me, you know, earlier about yeah. podcasting all the time, but we brought podcasting to Gallup and we do a ton of it now. We create three or four a week and uh, yeah. we've got more on, you know, more in line. And that's been a very good, um, it's been a very good process for us. It's been good for me. Because yeah. I get to do them, but at the same time, we've um, you know we've reached a whole bunch of customers that we could never reach before, and they've let me do some things in there that are very startup-ish. Yeah, I don't have a team yeah. that reports to me. Huh. You know, I just got a loose group of folks that yeah. are kind of helping me get this thing done. We're doing it on a tight budget without a lot of resources and yeah. taking advantage of some of those things in the market that are available. You know, from that standpoint, so it, it kind of feels startup. So it must feel yeah. really startup. From that standpoint, and yet you've got a bunch of customers already. We do cranking on this thing, but we're in the fuse. So we're at the top floor of the Huddle Building at Eighth and P in Lincoln, and so we're in the Haymarket. I'm going down the, you know, going down to the street, and I see people from, you know, in Motion, Nebraska Global, uh, Huddle, people everywhere. We're all working together, and we have a lot of startups up in the fuse, like Live By and Seamster and. You know, we have these groups that are back. They have investors. And when I am stuck in a problem, I can go out and talk to, you know, the C CTO of Live By and ask some questions. And they're all just like 20 feet away from each other. We have yeah. lunch together. <laughs> so it's a true startup feel in a really cool space, downtown Lincoln. And my view is amazing. I, I look out and I see Pinnacle Bank Arena on the left. Memorial Stadium on the right, and then you know just downtown Lincoln. It's incredible. Yeah, so it's yeah. worth the fifty-minute drive for me every day. Downtown to go Lincoln, do way different. I mean, I think about different five feel. years ago, five six years ago, even yeah. it was just it's oh, way different. Night and day, right? Yeah, way different. Does yeah. that same kind of culture exist anywhere here in Omaha that you're seeing there? I I think the exchange is is really bringing startups together. The eighth Good. floor of the exchange. Yeah. I yeah. think you. I think we have sort of startup communities popping up around here. Um, obviously, Omaha has got a lot of capital, a lot of big companies, yeah. and, and a lot of investors. And so there's there's a lot of cool stuff happening here, too. Yeah, Joe was just talking about that. We had Joe Olson on here just yeah. before you, and he was kind of talking about that. I know AIM is making a big run at making that exchange, what that is, kind of. Yes. It's a great spot, great opportunities. Oh, we'll just have to execute, I think, uh -huh. at this point, uh -huh. right? We just got to get some startups in there and get that thing moving. And, and they... they all the pieces are in place to make exchange and, and yeah. kind of a similar spot of Omaha, not quite as beautiful as yeah. the, that spot in Lincoln, but some, but some things coming. What, uh, as you look ahead in your adventure here, next uh, 12 months, what are you really excited about? What kind of things are you looking forward to yeah. that are, that are coming up here in the next 12 months? Um, we are, so, so we are diving into the cloud headlong and I was in Azure before and now we're in AWS. I've talked to you a little bit about the cloud in the past yeah. and, yeah. I'd like to hear a little bit, of, you know, after this, I want to hear how Gallup is doing, the, what their cloud strategy looks yeah. like there. Um, but I'm fully able to take advantage of AWS features, and they have a lot of things that I didn't have in Azure that now I have access to. Yep. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, we are, and I'm diving into mobile. I, I'm not really strong on the mobile side, so 
I get to work with Nebraska, uh, Don't Panic Labs in Nebraska Global, and they're doing our mobile experience. And so get a chance to just do everything. And that's my weakness. I love everything. I love going down to the bits in the database. I love yeah. going in the front end and you know, going in the JavaScript inspector in Chrome. I love it all. Um, and I have... A, you know, we have a small team, and we're trying to hire people like that that love it all. Um, but you know, that's the exciting thing. As far as just across the the whole stratosphere of tech, it is amazing that the big heavyweights in the cloud are fighting it out. Azure and AWS, for sure. And there's Rackspace. There's a bunch of other ones. Um, they're duking it out, and we just reap the benefits. We're down here. It's like a skittle rainbow falling down with all these <laughs> discounts and price decreases. Crazy. Every and week so it fun. seems like I'm getting notified by one of them saying price changes. Yes, absolutely. And they never go up. No, they have they're, never gone up. Yeah, they're up, always going down. Which is great yeah. for us. No, it is very yeah. good for us. What's Gallup doing in the cloud? And what have you found? Uh, well, we're, we have, of course, we've moved our strength center completely. It's cloud-enabled. So nice. most of it, not not completely all of it, but most of it is. Uh, and we're using Amazon for some yeah. of those services. We did the same thing where... Uh, we looked at both Azure and Amazon uh, from that standpoint, and Azure or uh, Amazon had some of the services that we wanted mm -hmm. to take advantage of, uh, and so we continue each system as it comes up goes to the cloud yeah. when, when we can. Right? We Amazing. collect data that needs to stay regional, and so there's times that there's always going to be on-prem stuff for us yeah. uh, until we get some of those data centers in the right locations going forward. But um, yeah, cool. no, that's definitely we got to scale out that way, mm -hmm. right? And so we'd love to see. You know, today, four, four to 5,000 people take the Strengths Finder assessment every single day on that. And wow. uh, that's not to mention any of our other business clients that come in to take Q12 or any of those kinds of things. We'd love to see that 4,000 turn into 40,000. Yeah. And, and we'd love to see that to 400,000. Yeah. Right? Um, so you got to be able to scale out to that. And so that's, that's our hope. Uh, in the cloud, that is, we need those resources we can scale out. Yeah. So, no, pretty cool. Well, hey, oh. It will, and I, that kind of leads into what, you know, my topic today was microservices. Yeah. And so um, Huddle had to go to microservices to scale. I mean, they had a, I saw a statistic that um, they are, I believe, behind YouTube, the second most popular website on the Internet on Friday nights during football season. <laughs> I mean, they're handling so much I data bet, and so much are. video yeah. that nobody can compare. They have to um, balloon out, you know, just for, just for that video alone. They've got to balloon out and then come back. I would right. hate to have to pay that cloud bill every month, but they gladly pay it because it gives them so much value. Yeah. And so um, same thing, Mosaic, I mean, we're going to be handling a lot of video from these teaching centers, these nursing centers. We are building in a way that we want it to scale when we need to, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't build, you shouldn't build microservices in right out of the gate. You should look for those seams, look for those areas. And yeah. Paul, for someone who doesn't going. know microservices, yeah. what does that mean? Great question. So, so you're familiar with the a, a company that just has one application, one code base. Everybody is coding in that. That's called a monolith. And then you have um, service-oriented architecture. So a lot of companies that are doing, you know, they're doing their homework. They're following the right practices. They're doing service-oriented architecture. They have, you know, 30, 40, 50 services in production, and people are calling those. And then there's microservices, which fall on kind of even more extreme spectrum of service-oriented architecture. And what they're doing, we're looking at, we're seeing services that are usually tend to be around 50 lines of code up to maybe 3,000 lines of code at the top. And you are scaling them out by duplicating these little tiny services that maybe they only do is they just log a message to the database. Or maybe their job is just to, uh, you know, 
tell you the, the most popular search result for that phrase. That's all their job is. And then you scale by duplicating these little, you know, this little drone army of these little services and you put those out in the cloud. And so this is why Amazon, this is why Azure, this is why Docker, these technologies are yeah. growing. Yeah. It's because of this microservice. Right. So by going to a microservice architecture, you're going to be faster. You're going to be um, more technology averse. You can try new innovations. And and, and maybe in some cases be more secure from a, containers and Docker in that space is playing and a lot in the security space so that you can yeah. separate these services from everybody else. Instead um, of putting all your crucial data in one system and that gets compromised, you spread it out across the load. So if one system gets compromised, well, all you got was our customer's favorite, you know, playlist. So yeah. I mean, it's it's right. a bad thing, but it will 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 be yeah. okay to it's function. It's not the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, from that standpoint. So who else is doing microservices really well? When you think of some yeah. companies that are doing that? Um, the big names are are Spotify, Amazon. Amazon came up with the concept of two pizza teams, which is no team should be larger than can be fed with two large pizzas. <laughs> And uh, they're the ones that came up with the concept of you build it, you run it. So at Amazon, if you're on a team, your job is not only to build it, but you have to support it. You have to deploy it. Be on it. Yep. So you got a DevOps person on your team. Yeah. But you own it and you feel autonomy. You feel it's amazing that Tim Ferriss says in four hour work week, he goes, it's amazing how someone's IQ doubles when you give them autonomy and you indicate that you trust them. Right. And so I find that to be true. So yeah. Amazon found that. Um, Netflix is a big microservice company. They have around 800 microservices, and each service averages about a thousand lines of code. And then there's, um, you know, Huddle is a great example. There's uh, another company in the UK called Forward. Um, but I had a couple of people approach me today. And they, they're at UP, and they said they're doing microservices. I've heard that um, Burst Data is starting to go down, go down the road, and so is CSG. So it's it got Catching really on. big in 2014. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as the hype cycle goes, I didn't expect it to be catching on so quickly in big companies in Omaha yet. I thought it was going to play out in the startups for a while before bigger companies adopted. But I think I think bigger companies are more agile today than they were five years ago. Yeah, I think some of the agility that the exercises they went through in 09, 2010, 2011 are starting to pay off now. Yeah. Right? They they kind of understand it. It was a tough for a lot of them. It was tough to move over. Uh, but now they get that, and so they're. I think they're able to respond uh, a whole lot quicker. Plus, I think the adoption of these microservices is higher because I think it's actually easier in some ways, right, to yeah. go about that. You're, the development cycle is pretty quick. Who do I need? What's the right skill set? So we're moving into this world from a technology standpoint. What's the right skill set for someone? I, I guess it's going to be like you, right? But what's the right skill set? That I need. If if I wanted to be, if I was getting out of college and I wanted to be on a microservice team, yeah. I would want to be um, be learning how to run things like Chef or Vagrant or Docker to learn how to run things smaller. If I wanted to deploy, if I just wanted to write code, then JavaScript is a really great language for that because lots of people know JavaScript and Node is an amazing yeah. platform. Um, if you wanted to do more traditional coding, like a like a more industry standard language. Java or C Sharp are great languages yeah. for that. Because you can write a microservice in any language. Right. You know, you can use Go, Rust, Python, you know, Ruby if you wanted to, or you can use C Sharp and Java if you wanted to be more, you know, friendly in the enterprise. So Yeah, it doesn't there, care. It's just getting consumed, it's dropping it's, in, it's doing its thing and kicking it out. The right? concept you want to have is you want to have dumb pipes mm -hmm. and a smart endpoint. Right. So don't put this enterprise service bus, don't put up BizTalk servers. Don't 
you know, look at this bus and if a certain message goes across the wire, flag some other field somewhere else. Instead, just do a dumb pipe, just use a REST, just use HTTP, and then make the endpoint do all the work. Mm -hmm. And then that's the cool thing. You you know, just let the endpoint do all the work. Right. Do the heavy lifting there. Yeah. Yeah. No, interesting. So. It's interesting interesting you mentioned JavaScript and it was years ago and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's it was, it's come back, right? It's come Who knew? It was like no, it. Oh, we hated it. Like it was so. And now putrid. it's yeah. Now it's the thing, right? Now and it's the new I, hotness. Python was kind of similar in some ways. It was there and it was cool. Then it wasn't cool for a while. Now it's cool again. Yeah. And uh, and it's so full circle, right? Yeah. Well, so, C sharp was a similar, right? I thought for a while C sharp would go away. And yeah. Mike, all of a sudden, I don't know what Microsoft. Microsoft did. open sourced their their Roslyn, and and yeah. he got people saying, Crazy. "Hey, we could do this anywhere." Yeah. I mean, and now it runs on. You can run it on a Mac now. And C now we're short 2,000 C-sharp developers in the city of Omaha, it seems like. Everybody's trying to hire yes. C-sharp developers. Yeah. And I always tell kids, if you're if you're in school, learn C-sharp. You are going For to sure. have your field day. It's yeah. field day picking. If you position. like it. Yeah. If you like it in Visual Studio, mm -hmm. uh, from that standpoint. Um, you know, so interesting. I, it's it's funny. I just uh, We had an interview before you, same type mm -hmm. thing. So uh, the web, right? Well, HTML, yeah. CSS, and JavaScript. I mean, yeah. that's kind of... That's kind of where we're. That's what I would going. teach folks. Yeah. What's the next year look like for you in this in this new adventure? What you know? Next I already year. asked. What are you What are you hoping for? But mm. as you look to the end of the year, any goals? Uh, as you think about wrapping up by twenty, yeah, uh, twenty sixteen. What are you thinking? That's a good question. Um, I, I for for Mosaic, we want to hire another four developers, and we want to uh, have move most of our customers into the cloud. Um, for me personally, I, I really want to explore and learn more about cloud and microservices and continuous cool. delivery. So yeah. Well you know you're stuff. the you're the hottest guy in Omaha right now. I've seen your picture on a bunch of different things. So. Yeah, I don't know that that's true. I appreciate that Jim. That's kind of you. No, you are. You are, Paul. I you better better they I hope they know what they got. Oh, you're over nice there. Guy. Nice so, guy. no, some good stuff. Or, uh, Paul, thanks for taking yeah, thanks, a few minutes to jump in here, and uh, and, and appreciate you doing that. No. This will wrap up what we've done here in 2016. As we're talking, they're wrapping up. Uh, they're wrapping uh, up around us as folks are tearing things down. Jamie, you're you're off the hook, man. We'll see you mm. as far as that.